Blog Talk Radio. Okay, listeners, we have our next guest on board here, and she is one of the first of our guests in honor of, in celebration, I should say, of Halloween. This is our first guest, and, and wow, what a guest she is. Alyssa Fiorentino. Alyssa, am I pronouncing your last name properly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've been practicing, by the way. <laughs> so you are one of the co-hosts of House Beautiful's Dark House podcast, uh, along with your other co-host, Hadley Mendelssohn. So welcome to the show, and thank you for agreeing to chat with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk. Well, I've been, uh, so like so many of us out here, we love uh, House Beautiful for years and years, but now this podcast that you ladies have is a hit, Dark House, and you're on, in season two. So for those who don't know about Dark House, just give us a summary of what your show is all about. For sure. So Dark House um, is a podcast, and basically in each episode, Hadley and I tell the story of a different house that is notorious or infamous for some reason or another. Um, I guess the shorter way to say it is it's a podcast about haunted houses. But um, what we try to do is we'll, we'll look at a house that's either said to be haunted or just, like I said, notorious for some other reason. Maybe it's a murder house. And then we try to figure out what happened there. You know, what are the stories that people are telling from these houses that make people say, oh, it's haunted or why it has such a bad reputation. And then by the end of it, Hadley and I will sort of reflect on whether or not we think it is haunted or, you know, how we feel about the stories that have come out of the house. Um, But there's a lot of overlap in genres to the show. Um, You know, a lot of these houses, like I said, murder houses, they have interesting backstories. There's a lot of true crime overlap. We'll get into history, of course, interior design. Um, There's some pop culture to it. So I like to think that we have a little bit something for everybody, kind of no matter what your interests are. Now, uh, give us a, before we get to the current season, but just give us a, a, a list, well, say a list, but some of the names of some houses that you ladies have explored in the, from previous seasons. Yeah, sure. So our first season was actually, you know, we were calling it like limited series. It was only five episodes, um, and we went over four houses last year. So that was um, the Axe Murder House in Villisca, Iowa, the Harlow Burn House. It's the former home of Jean Harlow. That's in um, Benedict's Canyon in Beverly Hills. And then we did the Mercer Williams House in Savannah, Georgia. And our last house was the S.K. Pierce Mansion in Gardner, Massachusetts. So we try to go kind of all over the map. We want to make sure we're representing all different types of homes in all different regions across the country. Now, I understand that uh, on October 5th and October 12th, going to have a two-parter, The Watcher House, that's coming yes. up. So tell us about The Watcher House episodes. Give us a preview. So I feel like everybody has heard a little bit about this house because it's one of the most modern stories that we're going to tell. A lot of the houses, um, you know, like I said, they're rich in history or, you know, whatever happened there that made it haunted or have a bad reputation happened decades ago. But The Watcher House, which is in Westfield, New Jersey, this happened in 2014, and, um, you know, it was such a big story. It was going viral. The Cut, um, New York Magazine's The Cut, did this incredible piece that really put it on the map in 2018. And then eventually Netflix bought the rights to their story, and that is being made into a series that actually comes out 
literally this month. Um, I believe it's going to premiere in the middle of this month, like right after our second part of our episode. So we're really, really excited to get to touch on this story. Basically what happened, um, this couple bought their dream home in Westfield, New Jersey, right outside of New York City. And immediately, within like two days of closing, they hadn't even moved in yet, they started receiving these really creepy letters from an anonymous stalker who signed them just the watcher. And the letters are terrifying, but that's not all there is to the story. I mean, I think the scariest part is the fact that they never identified the watcher, which isn't much of a spoiler. I feel like anybody who's heard about it knows that. Um, but if there's a different layer of, of the story that's about how it affected the, the homeowners and how the community reacted to their situation. And that's almost scarier than the letters themselves because it just makes you look at, you know, human nature and the way we treat each other and, uh, you know, just, it really makes you think. So I'm so excited to be getting to the story. So the first part, um, our first episode on it will come out on October 5th, and we're going to be talking about just straight to the point, the story. We, talk, we go through all the letters, we go through the suspects, and kind of, like I said, what happens to the homeowners after they receive these letters and how the community responds. And then in the second part, which will be out the following week on October 12th, we get to go through all the suspects with a um, psychology professor, Professor Casey Lytle, and he just, it was so amazing to get to hear his perspective on the letters, specific lines in the letters and what that indicates about who could have possibly been, you know, the author. Um, and I'm really excited for people to hear that and everything that he brought to the table because he really was like taking, you know, a professional scientific approach to this, whereas Hadley and I were just speculating when it was the two of us. I'm just thinking about what you said, the watcher, person, letter, writer, author, dude, I'm sure it's a guy, uh, is still not identified. That's a bit scary. Right? Um, and, and, of course, we get into that and we talk about, um, we asked that professor, like, do you think that they ever will be identified? I'm not going to spoil the answer because I want everybody to tune in and get, like, the full effect of our, yes. our discussion with him. But... It's really something to think about, right? Very much. I'm still thinking about it right now. <laughs> oh my God, I hope he's nowhere near where. Well, anyway. So, okay. So that's October 5th, and then part two is October 12th. And then, of course, Netflix, as you said, is going to have a, a whole big series uh, behind this. So I, I'm going to tune into all of it. Uh, what better way to, uh, to get the full story here? So. When you ladies, when you when you and your crew, you go and explore these mansions and homes, are you nervous about walking around in there, even though you're with the crew, or, or what? So we actually don't go to the houses, and honestly, I think I'd prefer, I mean, like, there's part of me that's like, oh, that would be such a fun show to watch. Like, there's so much to these houses, and that's visual, and you kind of need to see, and I'm sure even little tiny things that would go on there if we were walking through would be fun to walk even if it's not actually something supernatural but for my own mental health I am like glad that right now we just are researching them from afar and talking about them you know in the podcast format because I do think that they're 
it would affect your energy, right, to yeah. constantly be going in and out of these homes. So Definitely affect your energy. Well, now, um, so far of the homes that you ladies have profiled, uh, which one or two or more do you think really are the most haunted based upon your research and talking to people that are connected to these homes? You know, it's interesting, and Hadley and I will, like, bring this question up a lot, is that can you be more susceptible to a haunting if, you know, you're more open-minded about that stuff or whatever, and I'm still kind of curious out on that. But there are some houses where it just seems like, this, you know, like I said, some of them will have a true crime element to it, and so half of the episode we're sort of talking about what went down there, and there might be you know, three, four, five anecdotes that we hear, that we tell about something maybe paranormal happening there. But then you get the one, one in a while, once in a while you get a house that's like every single story from start to finish is just about nonstop paranormal activity happening there. So those are the ones that have always stuck to me. And I mentioned the, the last house we did in our first season, the S.K. Pierce Mansion in Gardner, Massachusetts. That was one of those episodes where even if there were a true crime element or some something that happened at the house, there wasn't enough time to go into it because there were so many accounts of weird supernatural things happening that I was like, we got to, you know, keep going through because there's just so much to get into. Now, so far, out of all the homes that you ladies have explored and, and um, talked about, which one in particular has that just really sticks in your mind that has the most wild, bizarre, scariest paranormal activity going on? Um, I, I think the SK Pierce mentioned it has just had so many stories that that one stood out to me, but we have a couple episodes coming up. Um, I chose two houses this year to focus on that were tied back to Ed and Lorraine Warren, so anybody who is either into horror movies or sort of into the occult and, and paranormal activity and things like that that probably heard of them. They were a really famous um, husband and wife paranormal investigative team, and they worked on really famous cases, most notably Amityville Horror case, um, but also the house that inspired The Conjuring and another house that I think is a little bit lesser known. It, it happened in um, the 80s. It's called Smurl House. So I have two episodes coming out at the end of this year, one that will focus on Smurlows and then one that will also focus on um, the house that inspired The Conjuring that's in Rhode Island. And those are two more stories where there's no crime, there's no, you know, there's no reason, nothing happened at these houses. They didn't have a reputation prior to, you know, a family moves in and just, just experiencing nonstop paranormal activity. So... Those are the ones that I get excited to tell um, because the, the stories are so outrageous oh, of the things that happen to them there. I, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm just so curious. Like, can you give us a hint on, on like, how outrageous? What's some, some incident in particular that you can tease us with? Well, so one thing that I think is really the – the Smurl haunting, the way it starts out for them, and I think honestly the way it starts out for anybody who's going to talk about having like a thoroughly haunted house is small things like they're working on renovations and things keep going wrong or a project that should have taken 10 minutes all of a sudden takes 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And so they experience stuff like that, but then the very first incident where they, you know, physically saw something, um, 
that house was really interesting for us because it was a duplex and it was the first time we were covering a duplex. And so on one side of the duplex is, you know, John and Mary Smurl, and on the other side are their in-laws. And so the first, like, real um, account of them seeing, I guess you could call it an apparition or an entity, um, is, you know, the wife is alone in the house, in the kitchen, doing some laundry, and she sees this, like, black shadow figure. And it just kind of, like, hovers there and then goes into her living room. And when she finally, you know, breaks out of, she's, like, shocked, and she's kind of frozen there for a minute. But when she finally breaks out and she goes into the living room, there's nothing there. So she goes next door to her mother-in-law, and she's like, I want to tell her what happened. I don't want her to think I'm crazy. And then the mother-in-law, before, you know, she can say anything, comes out and is like, you're not going to believe what I just saw. And she tells her that she sees the exact same shadow figure entity move through the wall that's kind of in between their two homes. So I thought that was really interesting because, like I said, these stories can be really outrageous. And it's fun for having, like, we enjoy all of this stuff. We're very into it. So it's fun for us to, to tear, like, read the stories and then share them. I know not everybody's a believer, and that's totally fine. And some of them are not that believable to begin with. Um, but this one I liked in particular because when you get something like that where somebody else corroborates it, I find it, you know, more believable, which is just scarier. Well, I have to ask you this. Have you ever yourself personally ever seen a ghost or anything paranormal long before you started hosting this show? Yeah, I have. And we talk about that in our very first episode, having I sort of address like, okay, where do you stand on ghosts? Like, where do you, what do you believe in? What funny, interesting paranormal stories do you have? And so I go back and tell the story of the first time, the first two times I saw, um, like a full apparition when I was a kid in my childhood home, which is actually where, because of the pandemic, where I was recording the podcast from. Um, so I recommend going back to listen to those if anybody's interested to hear what happened. And um, yeah, I, when I was a kid, I could, I, I had a couple experiences where I would see what we call like a full apparition. So it looks like a person. I could describe to you like what they were wearing, how they were standing. Um, all that stuff. And then from there, as I got older, I would still see ghosts, but it was no, I like didn't see apparitions anymore. I don't know if that's something that just changes with age as you get older, like, like the way you would lose vision, it kind of blurs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went from seeing full apparitions to typically a black or white flash. And that's been happening pretty much for as long as I can remember. So I have a lot of little stories like that, um, that, I, I, before the podcast, I didn't really talk about because I feel like it doesn't it doesn't come up in everyday conversation. No, I can see that definitely not. But you have the perfect show for to bring all of this out now. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, people should go back to like you said the uh, the first season uh, of the show and listen to the full story to get the rest of the details about your own experiences with paranormal activity there. Okay. For sure, yeah. Okay. So now uh, I got two more questions here. Are any of these houses, homes, mansions, are they available for people to go drive by and look at them and wave and do selfies or whatever, or, or are they exclusively private homes now or what? Um, it's sort of 
A mix. There are definitely some, it, there's like a spectrum, right? So there are some that are actually open for tours, like the Villisca Axe Murder House. And then there are some that I think kind of, incur- at this point, um, the house that inspired The Conjuring, I think they put on tours, but I also think the current owner is okay with, you know, sharing the story and embracing the reputation and probably wouldn't mind if somebody, you know, drove by and took a picture out front. But others are private property and they don't embrace the reputation. So it kind of just varies. We always try to make mention in the episode of, you know, if this is somewhere you could go. Um, but also, of course, wanting to respect the privacy of the ones that are, you know, currently residential. Do you have listeners uh, email or however contact you? Uh, both of you suggestions for upcoming new homes and mansions to explore or what? Yeah, and that's been, we, last year we didn't, because it was a limited series, we didn't create um, any social media accounts around the show, but this year, going into the second season, we made sure to have an Instagram account set up, and we've been getting DMs all season long from listeners with, you know, links to stories or, you know, long DMs telling us their own stories, and that has been such a fun added bonus to making the show. I love reading other people's stories and also, yeah, getting um, suggestions for houses to look into. Well, by all means, we have to ask you, how can people send in their suggestions and stories to you, ladies? So you can DM us at, at Dark House Podcast on Instagram. You could also DM Hadley and I. Our um, Instagrams are both just our full names. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we love reading people's reactions. And finally, are there plans to explore any uh, homes and mansions in other countries? I think that's definitely on the wish list for Hadley and I because there's so much history to be explored all over the world. And, like, the further you go from home, the creepier it gets. So (laughs) I definitely think we would like to, to be able to touch on that. Oh, man, I can only imagine countries like Europe and Wales, not Europe, let's say Wales throughout Europe. And, oh, my goodness, even India, because I'm I'm really, really into ancient, ancient history and castles and monuments and things of that nature. So, oh, man, you ladies can have a field day if you leave out of America. It's going to be really wild and fun. Totally. So, anyway, again, the show is House Beautiful's dark house and your ladies are back for season two and i understand this goes all the way the new season ends in december is that correct yes okay so if anybody wants to email or direct message i should say uh some suggestions they better hurry so that you and your crew you guys can start on season three so in the meantime thank you so much Alyssa, and uh, happy halloween to you yeah, thank you. Happy Halloween. Okay, and we'll be tuning in. I want to hear the rest of this, some of these stories. You've kind of wet my appetite. I'm really wanting to be nosy now. Well, thank good, you. Good. Okay, take thank care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. With your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.
Oh, hey, what's up? 